Welcome back, everybody, to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast. We call it Choice Tracks, and I'm Dietrich. Um, I'm Brandon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. I don't know who I am now. Who am I supposed to be? Okay. I'm Damon. I'm Tipitage, because <laughs> I'm at the top. <laughs> I knew that I was going to throw you all off. I literally just thought about that the last thing. I was like, yeah. Let's see how this runs. So, welcome back to the show, to the Ultimate Flavors Podcast for the Choice Tracks. Um, during this podcast, we like to talk about a theme, um, which we call Side A, and we have another side song called Side B. But on Side A, we like to bring up the theme, and then everybody brings their song that they love, that they match towards that theme. Um, when we get to side B, we have some homework that was uh, pronounced to us, and we go and listen to that album, and we pick our choice tracks off of that album and talk about that album a little bit. So in this time, we're going to go to we can pick it side A. So in case you haven't picked up on the theme through the intro or um, through the actual Wicked Wicked on the side A, um, <laughs> we are talking about hip hop. But we're not just talking about any kind of hip hop. We're going to talk about the golden era of hip hop, which... Mm, take that back. We're not going to talk about the golden era. We're going to talk about the best era of hip hop. And the reason why I say that and, and I recant it on that statement is because the golden era of hip hop, you, you really want to talk about the late seventies, early eighties. Um, that's when everything kind of formalized for what hip hop was and, and the tradition and the, and the principles behind it and, and how everything came out to be. You had rapping or MCing. You had uh, DJing with scratching and, and using the break beats. Um, you had your clothing, which was the actual culture of what everybody wore. The shell toe Adidas with the fly jumpsuits. Or, you know, you just kind of put your outfit together of anything that you thought was fly. Um, graffiti played a part in, in basically marking up territory and, and showing your creativity of what you could do with a spray can. And ultimately, it was the sense of gathering and coming together and everybody showing love within the music within itself. Um, that's when hip hop kind of took off and expanded from there. Now, fast forward a little bit until the 90s. Now you have more of your production side of hip hop and you have a vast amount of artists that are out here and everybody's separate. Everybody's doing their own thing. And a whole bunch of originality is coming out of this tone. It's not as marketable. But it's definitely getting to the point where it's recognized and people cannot shy it away. You can't you can't say anything about hip hop during this time frame of 1990 to 1999, because that's like the best era of hip hop. If you ask me, when you had the most pronounced or profound albums that came out the mix, um, artists like Jay-Z, Nas, um, just just to throw it out there with some of the mix, Jermaine Dupree, uh, Criss Cross, uh, a tribe called Quest, uh, Buster Rhymes, uh, you name it. So many different artists came out with so many different styles, and that was represented during this time frame. Um, the the actual theme is best '90s hip hop track, and I'm gonna start it off with a group that came out in actually 1985. Um, they were formed by a couple of friends that met up, and other people just kind of came together organically. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about um, four members in the group. Uh, you had Jabari White, you had Ali Rashid, you had Fife Dog, and you had the main rapper that was in the group with the name of Q-Tip. And we're talking about a tribe called Quest. And they had a second album that they released uh, called Low End Theory, which 
all six of the albums that they released all went uh, triple times platinum uh, based off of the songs and the singles that they had on those albums and very critically acclaimed. But in this situation, we're talking about Low End Theory and the main track that came off of there was Check the Line. All the time, Tip. You're on point five. All the time, Tip. But then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a And for those who don't know, Check the Line is one of those staples of hip-hop that, you know, basically laced up the pioneers for everybody else to come in off of. And it's basically an ode to um, where they were doing the separation or the, the growth, the ascension and from being a regular hip-hop group that was sitting on the block and rapping for everybody to actually rocking out crowds and stages and, and realizing how deep the record industry was based off of their dealings up until this point. So they, they exposed all of that within the song itself and Chester the Ryan came out to be one of those hip-hop staples. It's like if you put up all the, the top 100 hip-hop songs uh, in total, or at least in the 90s, it would come out like number four or five. It was just that that popular during the time in which it was released. And it was released in the early 90s, which was 91. So the fact that they're still playing it today in clubs and 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 they're still you know going on tours minus passing a fight dog, um, they definitely have, have come together as, as a family and try to keep everything moving. Uh, Q-Tip is still a pioneer within hip-hop itself, but this is one of those tracks that you know, you can't deny is a hip hop track. It's not a rap track. It's a hip hop track. There's a distinct difference between hip hop that actually has lessons that you can learn from the writing versus rap, which is commercial, which is anybody can say the craziest shit and then they get it on the radio. So what do y'all fellas think about Tribe Called Quest? Check the rhyme. I really like I really like Tribe Called Quest for a while. I like that album. I think that's that was definitely a really good pick, man. And it, this is like, uh, yeah, like these are like life lessons, you know, the lyric, like you said, there's a difference, you know, with uh, hip hop and rap and a lot of people probably don't even think of that, but that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but this is like, uh, yeah, this is a good beat. I like the vibe of the band because it kind of like, almost like a, like a bridge between some of the older school, early nineties, late eighties, hip hop and rap because it's kind of combined together and then like the early 2000s to like you know today but this is a good this is a good middle of the road band i think for all that for that that idea i guess uh for people that don't listen to rap or hip-hop this is a good segue (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh but uh yeah i mean they're i think they're all about life lessons (laughs) They definitely are. Like, it seems like a lot of good lessons, too. It's not just, like, abstract or a life lesson that it only pertains to somebody that's in a certain situation that might be on the streets or, you know, dealing with drugs or, you know, violence or whatever. It's kind of a combination. <laughs> it's maybe a, a lesson on what to do to not get into that, but be yourself. <laughs> that's kind of what I get out of it. So don't hold back. Just don't be an asshole, you know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it though. I, I like I like how it flows. It definitely flows really well. Cool, cool. So it, I, I liked it too. I never heard it before, um, it, but, but I enjoyed it a lot. So was it 
more commentary on the music industry or was it just general life lessons? Because the line that stands out is that like lesson 400, everybody's shady. You're like, Oh man. Like, cause it felt like it was just a told diss on the whole music thing. Like, you know, everybody's being shady about it. (laughs) So yeah. Industry rule number 4,080 record company. (laughs) People are shady. So yeah, that's, that, that was one of the main lines that came out of there as well. But yes, um, what what it was about is an ode to artists being original, artists standing up for themselves, and ultimately artists, you know, recognizing what the role that they play in the music industry and don't let the industry turn you into something that you're not. Mm. And and that in itself was one of the lessons that a lot of people had to learn the hard way. You've had so many artists that came through, not just rap, but all genres that got caught up in the industry and whether they got caught up in the limelight or whether they got caught up in the semantics of the industry, it literally tore them apart to where they, they didn't have anything else to stand on. Um, so they, they were the ones that um, were like the path was paved with, gotcha. so to speak, to get to this song. So the fact that they came out with it, it was a popular mix uh, back in the day from when it was. And still, if I put it on right now, in the club, somebody is going to listen to it and jam out to it just because they have that kind of groove to it. They they were heavily infused yeah. uh, with jazz, uh, so it worked out for them. Well, yeah, like the the kind of going along with what you're saying, Taj, but like what I was saying too, it's like be yourself. Like the line I like, or the, the you know, like the lines or verse, uh, a special shot of peace goes out to all my pals, you see, and the middle finger goes for all you punk MCs. <laughs> So, it's like it's exactly what they're saying it's, so yeah be yourself yeah <laughs> so I, I feel kind of bad because I'm like man I don't know if I listen to the lyrics well enough so as you guys were talking I was checking out the lyrics on here you know I listened to the song several times but I think I always just got sucked into the beat more than anything you know mm-hmm. the beat and then um just just their 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 voice you know it was just uh you know melodic and i think i was just kind of transported by that and uh i don't think i really was engulfed by the lyrics so i you know i remember bits and pieces but i felt like i should look at these while you were talking (laughs) so um anyway uh no i've I've been a fan of tribe called quest did i say it right okay Yeah, um, but I'm not as familiar with them as I should be. But I do remember this song back in the day. Um, not as familiar with the song as I am with the rest of our selections. Um, mm-hmm. But I really feel like I should prob I should go back and and uh, fix that that gap in in my my you know history. So my my knowledge um, because I really did enjoy this. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I again it's I, it's another example of where. Sometimes I just get taken away by the sound and I don't, I don't, I don't hear the lyrics and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but, hmm. um, you know, but I, yeah, no, I, I enjoy this song quite a bit. And, um, you know, if anything, like I said, it, it makes me want to go revisit this, the, the music, um, uh, from, from this group. So it's good. So it, I'd, I'd like to ask, cause, uh, you know, I did come across them when I was doing research. I also came across, Naughty by Nature. I mean, chronologically, which one would you listen to first? Tribe Called Quest or Naughty by Nature? It's funny you should say that 
It's okay. actually Tribe Called Quest, but here's the reason why. Tribe Called Quest came in with a whole group of other artists that were all coming up at the same time, and they could form a correlation called um, Native Tongues. It was Tribe Called Quest, Queen Latifah, uh, Moni Love, Jungle Brothers, um, De La Soul, and that group right there formed a lot of the music that you heard coming out of the 90s. Now, the reason I say that is because Queen Latifah, um, who was before everybody knew her as a, a being in Chicago and being an actress and being a, the equalizer on the TV show. She was a rapper. That's how she came in the game. And she was a hardcore rapper for a female. And she stood up for female rights and she stood up for feminism and, and, and black empowerment and the whole nine. And she actually formed a label called, um, Flavor, a uh, Flavor Unit. And a Flavor Unit actually brought in Naughty by Nature. Oh, okay. That's how they were discovered with uh, with her leading them up. So that was definitely uh, Tribe Called Quest first because they were part of that coalition that that brought everything in that collective, and then everybody branched out did their own individual things. Queen Latifah was the one that brought in Nighted by Nature based off of her her dealings. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. All right. So I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I recognize El Segundo too. That's one of their songs. So like, what yeah. what's their tie? Do you know what their tie is with that? Is that like where they've gone to party. <laughs> that, that literally was a true story. He said, I left my wallet in El Segundo. <laughs> he went He's like, I'm going to forget about that shit. The bar, was trying to holler at the, the, the waitress at the bar. I left his wallet, literally drove yeah. all the way home. And it was like, damn, I left my wallet in El Segundo. And that was their first their first single yeah. um, that everybody got to know them by. And then Menina Appleplum. And then mm-hmm. you had um, relaxation, you know, sex on the hot sex on the platter. From there, they just yeah, they just got start kicking out hits. But yeah, left yeah. my wallet in El Segundo was their introduction to the world. Such a fun song. Yeah, I love that shit. All right. Uh, and what I was just gonna say was that for me, in growing up in the '90s, um, I probably heard Naughty by Nature a lot more than I ever did Tribe yeah. Called Quest. And right. I think it's because they probably were hit like the the commercial mainstream maybe more than Tribe Called Quest. So I remember hearing Naughty by Nature on MTV and on the radio all the time compared to, to the other group. So that I was definitely familiar with Naughty by Nature. So when I was looking at songs, you know, from hip, like from like playlists, I'm like, Oh yeah, Naughty by Nature. I, I know all these songs. So. <laughs> yeah, buddy. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's talking about a good era. A good era for hip hop because it all just spanned it out. You could have party songs, you could have hard songs, you could have whatever, and everybody was different, so it worked out. All right, so next person on the list, sniping Taj. <laughs> really? Got, bro. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, the reason for my ignorance on nineties <laughs> hip hop. So the town I grew up in. Um, didn't have a lot of diversification it was mostly white people and hispanic people <laughs> okay so um crazy thing was like it was like all the 90s it, during the 90s i was in high school i hated the 90s music i'm just being honest when i was a kid i didn't follow any of the music of my era when i was a kid because it was all the soft ballads and then it was all the gangster rap and that's all that all the kids were playing or that the radio stations played i didn't really have a car so i didn't couldn't listen to the radio really but like that's why whenever there was dances and stuff like yeah so i never 
I never got into 90s music. I just kind of like skipped the whole 90s, even though I grew up in the 90s. Um, there was a couple of albums that I owned. Um, just it, I, I did own Dangerous Mind soundtrack, <laughs> you know, so you know, <laughs> Gangster's Paradise is on there. You're like, ooh, I could do that one. Uh, but no, I went, I decided to to kind of stretch out and do some research. And don't ask me why I picked this one. It, it's just, it's a really good song. It stands out a lot. Uh, but uh, I picked a song that is Dr. Or not, yeah, Dr. Dre and uh, Snoop Dogg. And it's Strictly Dre, but Strictly D-R-E. It's still Dre Day, nigga. AK, nigga. Though I've grown a lot, can't keep it home a lot. Um, and so this song like is just amazing because like it's it's kind of like him being like hey i'm still in the game <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know what you guys are thinking like i just made a hit <laughs> i'm still here like don't count me out type of shit <laughs> and, and it's it's just amazing because he like just saying like hey i'm you know i still represent the streets i still know where i came from i, I haven't lost who i am and you know like, don't be a hater, basically. <laughs> basically, that song is like, just don't be a hater. Like, yeah, I signed Eminem, but like, yeah, I still know who I am. So, but yeah. And I have to, because he calls that out specifically in the lyrics. Like, yeah, I signed Eminem. So what? <laughs> you know? But yeah. And it's, so it's a really cool song. So I I was going to ask you, Dietrich, but I can ask it later on. But like, was this after... Because I did a little bit of rabbit hole digging, but I didn't find the exact date. Was this after the breakup between uh, Tupac and Dr. Dre? Or uh, yes, because this okay. was '99 um, when this came out. It was uh, yeah '99 when they released this. Um, this was uh, when right around the time when he was about to release Chronic 2001. Um, okay. So yeah, it's it's '99, but it it got played in the 2000s, but it actually officially released in '99. Okay, so, gotcha. um, this this was one of those quintessential Dre tracks that nobody could get past. Um, it was it was a chart topper. It was a hit. Um, Scott Storch actually laid down the piano keys um, that you heard, and he was known as as a piano um, a song for song or what do you call that? Um, when, when oh. somebody is uh yeah he's a prodigy. piano prodigy yeah yeah there we go yeah. um so basically he he can come out of rhythms out of his ass and sleep um <laughs> with a cigarette in his mouth and then a, and a line full of coke on the side of his bed and all he had to do was take the coke pop the cigarette and he come out with masterpieces and this was one of those tracks that he laid down that drake turned around and drake turned it into a masterpiece with him and snoop dogg on it um, originally it was supposed to be a couple of other rappers. It was going to be like a combination track and they decided to make it, um, just him and Snoop because that was the original combination. Um, he had the most, um, the most camaraderie with Snoop. They came up in the game, um, when he left, uh, NWA and was starting his own label and came out with Jeff Rowe and the whole nine. And Snoop was his prodigy back then before he signed Eminem and then further signed 50 Cent. So. Um, he still rock with them, you know, to this day, they still rock with each other. So just that friendship that they had in between and everything that they did cultivated into this particular song. And I'm that's that's me just speaking on it. Right. Yeah. I, feel, I love about it. I like it. Everybody else can talk. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> okay. 
What do you think, Brandon? I yeah, I mean the song is great. It, you know, it's <laughs> very familiar with it. You know, it, it's I don't know where I've heard it so many times, but I have heard it so many times. Um, but yeah, I, it never gets old. I I enjoy the song. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It, it was good. <laughs> it's D- good. Diedrich, okay. Diedrich said it all. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I like it. You like it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was. I was. You know. I was. Uh, I was a bit curious, especially when it comes to '90s songs. Yeah. What Taj <laughs> is going to pick because you know it's always that. Did Taj find a list? Is he going through a list? I was like, going through. This yeah. one's not too bad. I'll go with this one. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm always curious when it when it's like '90s songs. You know, where did Taj hear this before? Did he just hear it? In the last week, <laughs> it, I will be honest. Yes, I did just hear it in the last week. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I didn't. I don't know. I, I didn't want to do Gangster's Paradise. That that's the only song I know for sure from the '90s. I heard. But but that's one that you've lived with. That one would have made more sense. I'm like, yeah, that's Taj. Gangster's yeah, but- Paradise is Taj. That's that's Taj's '90s hip hop. It, like it's it begins and ends with the Dangerous Mind soundtrack. <laughs> but. The, the, re- the reason specifically that one was because it, we had watched like uh, Stand and Deliver so many times. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the the math is that the right one? The math one with uh, Edward James. Edward James Holmes. almost, yeah. Yeah. So it's like when Dangerous Mice, like, ooh, I like school school movies. <laughs> you know, like Welcome Back, yeah. Mr. Carter, and all that stuff. And it's like watch Dangerous Mice. Like, the, okay. <laughs> the substitute. Did he watch the substitute? <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the substitute? <laughs> I remember all those fucking movies. Like terrified to go to school the next day. <laughs> or I was like, oh, is my school this cool? I don't even fucking know. It definitely was not that cool. (laughs) You're you're muted, Diedrich. You're muted. Yeah. You're muted. Yeah, I was saying a whole bunch of cuss words behind there. I was like, yeah, (laughs) fucking A. Fuck that shit. Yeah, that's my shit. I was reciting all the lines from the movie. Get it, Taj. Fuck you, say. You don't know nothing about me. (laughs) (laughs) That was was what I was doing. So, yeah, my bad. But, yeah, Dangerous Minds, all that. I love high school high and stand and delivery. I always put those two together. Like stand and <laughs> high school high, the comedy, <laughs> yes, the comedy, yes. Oh, okay. Was that the two thousand? The spoof. The spoof. <laughs> like I can't get over it or something. Yeah, it's John, What's the John name? Lovitz. John Lovitz. Yeah, yeah. I, that was like the perfect combination of all that put together. He's the teacher in that, right? Line. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't thought about that movie in forever. <laughs> That is so stupid. With Tia Carrera in there, it was like, oh, yeah. God, this is the best one ever. Yeah, like John Lovitz. Yeah, because he spooked all of them. Every single one of them. He spooked them. Uh-huh. Like, it's perfect. Dude, you can't go wrong with, uh, back to the song, though, you can't go wrong with, like, Death Row Records. And Dr. Dre has a whole album of instrumental. This is on it. It's, this is, like, the lyrical version of that. But then they did a yeah. whole album of instrumental versions of every song on that album and yep. it's fucking awesome you could like i could listen to it over and over and a half like listen to it like one time like at, while i was working three times in a row and it's just like this does not get old these motherfuckers are talented mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean that's all records you know i mean they made their appearance at the super bowl <laughs> right so i mean yeah. they obviously they're fucking doing some good shit people love them 
Snoop Dogg's like just kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Seeing him in movies now. <laughs> yeah. Some really funny shit too. Like and you know, whatever. But uh yeah, no, I like this like pick. It's it's good that you picked this top because I think it's nice to have like a uh a fresh take on something you never heard. You know, get our opinions or maybe that right. my opinion doesn't matter, but I do like <laughs> I do like this a lot. I like like the they they do have I think there's a theme here in the nineties. They have a lot of like uh their message is to like be true to yourself, uh be true to your music <laughs> which is like kinda like a nineties thing to do. <laughs> right. Uh but like I like I was saying before, like a tribe called Quest or any band, any uh, artist in the nineties that's like hip hop. I think it was a good transition and it was almost like a segue between you know, just like this different kind of rap and, and uh hip hop in the eighties to what's what we have today. Obviously it's in the middle of it literally, but it really did change things up and you know, maybe it's just like our environment in the nineties, you know, things were kind of at bay a little bit. We were also had a, a war going on, you know, it's all it's, it's just whatever's happening at that time can motivate an artist, you know, a musician. But um Right. Got this crew, you know, like Dr. Dre, Death Row Records, like these people are all like, you know, they're friends, you know, these people like work together a lot. They help each other out. It's it's not just one person, it's collaborative. So yeah, I like that. But yeah, this is definitely a good pick, Tosh. So I'm uh go ahead, Tosh. Oh, oh I had another question, but but go ahead. What were you gonna say? No. No, go ahead. That's good. But well, I was just, I was just curious because on, on Snoop Dogg, like Snoop Dogg, I mean, like, is he just I know he raps, but he seems like he's like the most noted no right it's like hype man like he's always the hype person on all, most of the tracks is that true or like he's always carrying the chorus and he seems like he's the hype guy he's not a hype guy per se okay because hype guys have specific uses you know what i'm saying okay. like um for snoop dogg is just a personality okay and when it's all said and done his charisma his style his grace literally you know put him in the forefront of being that kind of likable person and especially when he started opening up and doing different things outside of trying to be gangster when he realized there was another word out world outside of there it just kind of made people gravitate towards him and he'd say some of the slickest shit off the top of his dome doesn't write anything down yeah yeah and and it's like he's a storyteller he's a storyteller within himself and he's a personality and people just gravitate towards that Okay. He's a he's a shapeshifter. Yeah, he turns into a Doberman. He's uh, he's on Trailer Park Boys. He represents you know his love for you know the weed. <laughs> Just so, uh, a lot of shit, man. And, he's and, had cartoons, commercials. I mean, right? if you put him and Martha Stewart together, you think she'd be scared for her life, but she's the felon out the group. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, yeah. So yeah, it's just a different situation altogether. But but he's a personality. Okay, but and so I know this is a weird avenue to go down. But like he's also kind of like the ambassador of peace between the east side and west side, right? Because I feel like he's done both sides, or not really. Um, he's not the ambassador. No, he was a part of that situation. All the okay. Way okay. I, mean, okay. Never mind. Song called I don't even know if I want to get into that. Yeah. Oh, my God. He made Never a song that. called New York with, with the DPG gangsters and, and literally was stomping on, on towers in New York and, and buildings and such. 
walking around it like he was on top of New York, like he owned it. So um, I would not say he's an ambassador. He's an ambassador now. To, to uh, now, people get, yeah, yeah, now. But back then, no, he, he was right there in the shit of it. Um, I was going to say for you, I'm rejecting this. This, this is your choice. And I, I make an executive decision to say the Gangster Paradise is your Paysan pick. <laughs> so we're gonna add we're gonna add Gangster Paradise into the mix just because. Just because. That's an extra. That's our extra. <laughs> okay. Also, uh, Snoop is a vampire hunter. So just yes. Yes, he's been a vampire, a vampire hunter, he's been in horror movies, he's been all over the place. Snoop is a fucking personality when it all comes down to it. You can't replace Snoop with somebody and think you're going to get the same vibe. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, so yeah, next person on the list is Nathan Damon. Give me what you got for a pork chop. Okay, yeah. I, uh, I, I like... I like different styles of music in the 90s. Um, and I wouldn't say in the 90s I was like completely gravitating to hip hop and rap and that kind of music. But I did hear some stuff. But like the early 2000s, um, there was a movie that came out. And this isn't all about the movie, it's about the artist and the song. Uh, but uh, uh, I liked Office Space a lot. And they played. A song and a scene where these rebellious office workers are just smashing a fucking printer uh, in the middle of a field. <laughs> I think it's that the scene. Um, but anyway, yeah, they uh, they play something from the band called the Ghetto Boys, which I mean, you know, I I don't know if they're representative of all '90s uh, like hip hop, but they definitely they like to talk. <laughs> They're not afraid to say what's on their mind. Uh, they're a little, you know, a little bit lyrical, uh, you know. And then I, I think it, it sounds good. I love this song um, that I picked. <laughs> so damn, it feels good to be a gangsta. Damn, it feels good to be a gangsta. A real gangsta ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangsta ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth. Cause real gangsta ass niggas don't start. I don't think I'm ever gonna know what that's like, but I always, every time I hear this song, I feel like a little bit of a gangsta, <laughs> or maybe I could be in my own head, I guess. But yeah, it's a fun song, but it's also uh, like it has a message too, I guess. It's it's a little bit wordy, <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it's like um, it's definitely true hip hop, maybe in the '90s, late '80s, and I would almost like. I almost think of, you know, I think of like Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, that's a band that I used to, like my, one of my uh, friends or my stepbrothers growing up or something used to play that all the time. NWA, that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're, they're not afraid to say whatever as long as it rhymes and sounds good. But they also have like their message, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, damn, it feels good to be against the... Uh, uh, yeah, that was my that was my pick. I like I like the way it sounds. I've always liked that song, and I I I will always go into some of the other Ghetto Boys stuff, and I try to you know listen to more than just this song. <laughs> but um, yeah, they they you know I can't repeat the whole. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to sing this to my mom, but uh, uh, yeah. 
Let, okay, let me let me put you off the game real quick. Uh, that song <laughs> that they were playing during the movie was yeah. actually called Still. So it wasn't right. it wasn't it, it wasn't Gambit feels good to be a gangster. That part in the movie where they're smashing up the that's a different uh, song, prayer, right? Yeah, that's a different song. It's called Still. Okay, uh, S T I L L from Get Away. So, so this should have the movie though, isn't it? Yeah. This, this uh, is the one where he's in the car, right? Because he's singing he's it while car. he's in the car. Then he rolls the up end. the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, that part was in the car. And Ghetto Boys, uh, they're Texas raised, Texas born and raised, uh, out of Houston, right. Fifth Ward. And uh-huh. yeah, this this was their yeah, this is kind of their introduction into like the movie scene, so to speak. So the fact yeah. that they picked that song to play in the movie while they smash the shit up and try to be gangster <laughs> and, and getting high and doing doing flips in the in the in in the the living room and all that well, all that was good before they realized their little uh worm they they put into the system was stealing like millions of dollars and they freaked out over that shit. But yeah, uh Ghetto Boys was a staple in Houston. They're a staple in rap altogether. They were the first Southern group in order to actually get recognized on the hip hop scene. Um and yes, they came with a gangster <laughs> profile, but you know, they actually they actually stood up to that. They represented that each one of them. Well, there was nothing fake about either one of them. And, like Bushwick um, really, Bill, Scarface. Bill, Scarface. <laughs> they, they all came together and, yeah. and made, made Texas be a part of the discussion when it came to rap because couldn't nobody else touch them and what they were doing. So. Yeah. I, I used song. to go into the <laughs> lyrics, but I just can't like, you know, go into the, you know, <laughs> dirty lyrics and craziness of this, but it, it's also pretty tame too, but it's like, it does, yeah, does say a lot. <laughs> so anyway, I'll play that old folks song. Watch, watch her get up and groove to it. So, yeah, not sure. If I yeah. love it. So it, it, it's funny that you say that because it, it's the first time I, I've heard this song. It, I actually came across it when I was doing my research, and I was like, "This is kind of a cool song," but I didn't pick it. And then, you know, once it was picked, I was like, "Listen to it a couple more times." Like. What strikes me as interesting, don't get me, I don't know why, it, it kind of feels like uh, it's like an older gangster, like a Clint Eastwood type of gangster. And then I had to look it up. And I was like, man, they should have used this for American Gangster with Denzel because that's the exact vibe. Like, it's a, it's like, you know, he's not harming the community. Like, he's giving out turkeys on Thanksgiving, you know, but he's straight up like, you don't mess with him, you know, <laughs> type of deal. <laughs> So it's like, but it's like, it, it's not like a young man's a gangster. This is like an old man's gangster. So yeah. they're saying yeah. play cool and you're, you'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These like posers are the ones that are going to get fucking their ass shot. <laughs> True yeah. to the form of the game. Stick to the game that's been laid out before ages before you. Yeah. Put the pussy ass eating pranksters. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I said it. All right. Get it off the chest, Damon. Get it off the chest. It's like I have Tourette's over here or something. <laughs> Nothing against Tourette's. <laughs> Brandon, what you think, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I enjoy the song. I'm not too familiar with the band. I couldn't even tell. I When you said the song, I knew the title, but I didn't even know who had who who uh, who the band was, the artist was. So I'm not, I'm not too familiar with, with Ghetto Boys. Um, but I definitely know the song. 
especially because of office space. That's, that's probably where I heard it for the first time. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the song. I definitely do know that when I was listening to this, um, the lyrics definitely, definitely came through loud and clear. And, uh, and, um, my particular favorite part of the song is when they do the president part. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I enjoy that. That was, that that was very us. entertaining. Right. So, yeah, no, I think, I think it's a good choice. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've really ever heard the song except in the movie. So that, you know, um, not too familiar with, with the band. That's right. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. so I was about to say, uh, so have you heard my mind's playing tricks on me? I'm, I may have. I just, my, I probably didn't, I probably didn't know who the artist was. Okay. That's, that's ghetto boy. That's what it's Okay. Yeah, I may have. I might have heard more than I thought. I just never put two and two together. Gotcha. Yeah. Understood. Not tripping. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was just in a naughty by nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's probably more tame than this. Because uh, yeah. like, the president's the last verse of the president's speech, because now I got the world swinging from my nuts. <laughs> it didn't feel good to be a gangster. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <sighs> what, what the. The other thing, like when that came on, like I had the uh, the flashbacks of, uh, I think it was SNL that it, when they had the uh, Obama, where they had him saying stuff, and then the translator. It's like no, I, that, was, trying, that was no, that was an SNL. Yeah, no, oh, what was that, was that? Key, that was Key and Peele. That was Key okay. and Peele. It was Key and Peele. Yeah, it, yeah. But I, I was love like, that show. Yeah. I try and picture like if Obama, like you know, it's like, all right, I'm in the Oval Office. I need like five minutes. <laughs> you know, puts this track on. You're like, okay, all right, he, let's get he away. played Obama all the time. <laughs> <You're> right, <laughs> like overplayed Obama. Like I, I, I want to tell you that I will definitely listen to what you're saying, and yeah. I appreciate your advice. He means get the fuck out my face. You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. And- <laughs> And it's and it's translator. Your translator's name was Luther. <laughs> oh, that was Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele was the president. He was the president. Michael oh, okay. was the yeah. But yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. That would feel good to be a gangster. I'm president and I'm, I'm running this shit. Yeah, uh-huh. that's exactly what the feeling was. Oh, yeah, that's like I'm not an asshole. I'm just a gangster. So there's there's a difference. All right. Oh, it's just a difference. <laughs> One will kill you. One will just make you mad. <laughs> yeah. One will kill you for being an asshole. Right. Coming up in the rear, because I know you got the most popular pick out of everybody here. <laughs> uh, Brandon, give us give us a shout out of your 90s hip hop pick. Yeah, man. So the reason why I wasn't too familiar with Ghetto Boys was because I was listening to this song a lot. <laughs> um, and you know what? Uh, yeah, this song is popular. <laughs> But it's popular because it's damn good. All right. And all right. so the song I picked is Regulate by Warren G featuring Nate Dogg. Some search for the E so I can get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Um, you probably have heard it. If you haven't heard it, pause the podcast, listen to it, come back. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. And if you were, well, I don't care. 
Um, it's a great song, folks. Come on. Um, so the song came out in 1994. It was the spring of 1994. Um, I was definitely all here for it. Um, I might have actually seen the music video first because that music video was on heavy rotation uh, on MTV. It was the first single from the Above the Rim soundtrack. Uh, Above the Rim was a movie with Tupac Shakur uh, and Leon. And um, uh, I have seen the movie. It's been a long time. Um, I probably didn't even realize it was from the movie until later because that song was was everywhere before I even before the movie was even even on my radar. Um, so uh, it was a big hit. It reached number two on the Billboard's Top 100. Um, you know, the song samples, uh, the main sample is the Michael McDonald song, I Keep Forgetting, Every every Time You're Near. Um, there's some other samples, but that's primarily the main one. Um, I'll be honest with you, I never even cared. I never even thought about it until I wanted to have a little bit of knowledge going into this episode. Um, but... I just want to say me and my friends listened to this song nonstop that summer of 1994. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many times I've heard the song. And every time that song comes on, if I'm listening to the radio, I still will play it. I will turn it up. Um, I almost went with another song, but then I'm like, you know, let's be honest to ourselves here or myself and let's go with the song that, you know, you know, you've heard a lot. Um, the other reason why I love this song is because at the very beginning, I'm like, oh, dude, Young Guns. The dialogue at the beginning is from Young Guns and Young Guns is one of my favorite movies. And I immediately like, well, I'm like, now I like this song. I like this song even more because because of sampling dialogue from Young Guns. That's so cool. Um, that's fucked up. I didn't know that. All right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the song. The song is cool too because like Warren G is telling one story, and Nate uh, and and Nate Dogg is telling another story. You know, Nate Dogg is looking for Warren G, and Warren G's you know in a whole lot of trouble, and Nate Dogg is trying to find yep. Warren G. It's just, and then they come together, and and then yep. the, you know, it's it's just. It, and they it's got some cool. Air Jordans. It's cool storytelling. <laughs> no. It's no, got okay. a great, it's got a I great did. beat, great rhythm. Um, I just think it's a fantastic song. It's definitely one of the, I think one one of the, I mean, it's one of the biggest hits of hip hop and the 1990s, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think it still holds up today. So uh, that's my pick. Yes, it's very commercial, but it's awesome. It's definitely got some rhymes to it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On to bigger, better things than some horny tricks. <laughs> so it's just don't be thinking about chicks all the time or dudes, whatever you're thinking about. Uh, and just get down to business, you know, find Nate Dog. <laughs> no, I liked it, too. Uh, it, it reminds me of definitely reminds me of a lot of like MTV commercials. Um, I know this had to be ahead of a, a commercial spot at least once. Um, but this was like, this was huge yeah, and went all through the nineties, you know, um, it's still big. Everybody, like you said, everybody knows it. Uh, um, I don't know if I listened to a lot of like Warren G stuff and like, you know, the Nate dog, I know I've heard 
their stuff. I mean, they're huge, but I, like, like I said, I wasn't huge into listening to rap or hip hop in the nineties. So, you know, that was more of a discovery, I think in the two uh, thousands for sure. Going back to old school stuff from the nineties, <laughs> but yeah, I like it. I like this pick. I like that you were listening to this shit back in the day, Brandon makes sense. You know, if it's the bill, it's cool. So nice. Nice pick. Uh, me okay mm-hmm. uh, so uh, it all right i will admit like the first time i heard the song was on another podcast so uh shout out to a podcast called pump up the jam uh what they do they change hosts i'm not sure why but the original host it, they would listen to the songs go lyric by lyric and then like call out stuff about this so but like Either way, like even with that, even with all that, like it's still it is amazing song. But like the story just kind of ludicrous because he's like, oh, hot chicks. Wait a minute. I got to go save my friend. Save him. Let's go back. Like I saw some hot chicks like you just killed some guys. You're like, nah, we're going to go hook up <laughs> go to the eight hotel. You're like, OK. You're like okay <laughs> no time for yeah. horny tricks Taj. no horny tricks now yeah you gotta save your friend then do the horny tricks yeah, <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> okay just don't do that at Halloween <laughs> right so but yeah no it's a cool song I can see why you like it especially with the young guns I was waiting for you to say like and you're like oh it samples this and I was like Brandon you missed the main clip <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Oh no, I didn't forget. Yeah, you didn't forget. Charlie Beaudry. <laughs> My favorite line was, "Ooh, I like your style." <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite one. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Oh, I'm gonna jump in here with a couple of points, and then we can move on. One, Above the Rim was my favorite movie coming up in the '90s. I play basketball. I love watching Dwayne Martin because he was one of the first actors that actually could play basketball and did it in the actual particular film. Leon was a good person to play basketball as well. Tupac made his uh, theatrical debut in that particular uh, movie playing a villain that everybody could relate to in that particular era because you always had that one person that everybody was scared of. And you didn't know why you were scared of him. You just knew they were scared of And then you got the dynamic behind the movie of um, we actually need to do that soundtrack too. I'll probably bring that up in another podcast or something somewhere else. We'll talk about that because the whole soundtrack jams. But this particular song right now, I'll tell you why this is so important. A couple of reasons. One, this introduced a newer side of music from the West Coast called G Funk. And Warren G was the pioneer of that in order to bring in different styles, bring in melodic themes, bring in bring in a different sound of music that you weren't listening to at that particular point in time. Two, Warren G is Dr. Dre's brother. So the fact that he came in as a producer and was able to uh, mix in and make his own lane out the game for being up under his brother's thumb, that in itself was, is like a phenomenal type of situation. Because normally, if you have a sibling that you're trying to get into the game, everybody wants to think about your older sibling and not who you are and what you represent. But he created literally his own lane out of his uh, area that he grew up with. Him, Snoop, and they dog all ran together. They were actually in a group called 213. And 
you know, that's kind of how Dr. Dre was introduced to Snoop Dogg was because he ran with Warren G. And so out that situation, you saw how the connectivity came together and now you see how everybody is blown up and did their own thing. Um, Warren G also brought in a whole bunch of artists that nobody knew about, like Nate Dogg, introducing them to the world um, and, and made that, you know, uh, not only a, a industry success, but also made it a pioneering song of the fact that they were able to take you know, 80s, 70s, 60s grooves and not just make them a hard beat, but make it a melodic theme. And, you know, the fact that they added in the rapping and the singing together, there's so many milestones in this particular song that paved the way for other people or other artists to come out with styles. A lot of the melodic rap that you hear today is based off the fact that Nate Dogg was able to carry a track and he was rhyming and singing at the same time and it just made sense. He was the crooner of the group. And he just did pay so many ways. So shout out to, to Nate Dog R.I.P. Um, but yeah, this was this is one of those dynamic songs that can literally get played today. It's in the top one hundred as far as hip hop songs go. It's it's one of those jams that you cannot deny. Uh definitely paved the way for a whole movement to come into the scene and basically change the the direction of rap or where it was going. It was a lot of hardcore going out at the time. And yes, they still had a little gangster tone to it, but they took it and ran with it and made it their own. And this just just broadened the game up for what it was. So when I saw that you had picked this track, I want to talk about it so bad. But I'm like, <laughs> nope, I'm going to save them for last because this was actually my favorite one on the list. I was bad. I didn't think about it, but I wanted to represent and start off right. So we had a little bit of East Coast, a little bit of Down South a double dose of West Coast, but from different different points of view. And I think we all did a pretty damn good job. Even even the addition of Gangsta's Paradise just added on to the West Coast. So, you know, I think I think we had a pretty good, pretty good melting pot of songs that can't nobody deny um actually held up the genre. So big ups to everybody. That's a hell of a pick. Hell of a pick. <laughs> Thanks for Sweet. tying all that together. Wow. Right? Yeah, man. I think right now is probably the best time to go ahead and flip the record then and drop that needle on side B. All right. Uh, so this is where we are going to discuss an album that was selected last time by one of the hosts, and Diedrich was the host who got to select the album. So, Diedrich, what album did you pick for us to listen to? I picked an album that's going to be a little bit controversial because of the individual and who we're talking about. But hear me out. The album itself was not only a, a uh, commercial success, but it literally tied this artist into uh, arena um, music, uh, alternative music, um, different ways of platforms of how you could actually promote your music and showed a whole complete side of what this artist could do with just a little bit of sampling and a lot of bit of creativity. So um, this album came out in 2007. It's actually his third album that he released. Um, this is probably the most critically acclaimed album because of all the hits that came off of it. Um, but it's also one that, you know, rap critics kind of tried to judge it a little bit because they weren't sure exactly where to go with it. It was so much of an eclectic sound that you really had to listen to the album the whole way through in order to understand where he was coming from. And it completed a trifecta of, of albums that um, he was actually going down that path before he broke off and started doing something in the 
So this particular artist that I'm talking about came in the game in actually 1999. Um, 98 was the first single that was released by somebody else that he produced. 99 was the first single that actually got national recognition because it was the first song off of Jermaine Dupri's album, The Life of 19 or 1792. Um, 1742, excuse me. Um, that was his debut, um, rap album by himself rapping and, and bringing in a whole bunch of artists. And one particular artist was a producer who made the first track on that album. Um, this producer then turned around and got with, uh, Rockefeller Records where he was, came in as a producer. They never wanted to listen to him as a singer or as a rapper. Um, they thought his style was too clean cut. They thought he was too preppy. They thought he had no street to him. And therefore they never gave him a chance to rap on the mic. Um, some of his biggest hits from his first and second album were literally songs that he would go into the, the building with rapping those songs, verbatim, the lyrics. And everybody would brush him off saying that, you know, he was good as a producer. He was a great producer, but they didn't want to hear him as a rapper. Um, who I'm talking about is Kanye West. Um, yeah, besides, besides what you know about him today and all the controversy and, and everything that's going on with him, um, coming into the game, he was that starry-eyed kid that was a prodigy that literally, you know, wanted to make music and, and become his own artistry. And wasn't respected for his artistry and had to push his way into his own lane. Um, and so everybody who's watched the, the, the Genius series knows the behind the scenes of what they've seen in all that situation. And that was, that was taken from a different cut and style. I'm strictly talking about the producer who turned into a rapper. And the producer who turned into a rapper was somebody that um, had made hits for Jay-Z, had made hits for... Uh, young young guns had made hits for Benny Siegel, had made a lot of the Rockefeller hits that you hear and developed their sound along with just Blaze. But he was the one that was up and coming and and wanted to create his own lane of music, which wasn't the gangster style of music, but more like um, a, a party style or actually have a message to it. He took it back to the storytelling. And so during this time frame uh, of 2007, you had your first album that came out, it was um, the college dropout. That was a, a very regional success. Um, it took on the biggest song that came out of there uh, was was definitely uh, Through the Wire because that's when he had had his accident. Um, the car accident spun off the road, wound up getting his job broken, had to pay $30,000 out of pocket in order to get his wire fixed, his job fixed. And then he wrapped the song while his job was wired. And so um, he took a sample, ran with the sample, um, and literally the, the situation with that was it became a commercial success. And that's when the label started looking at him and listening to him. Um, he had to put that out with his own money. He produced that with his own style, his own sound, his own everything. Everybody else is rocking big gold chains and 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 out here wearing big oversized T-shirts because they got guns or whatever up under them. He's coming in and gap clothes and polos shirts and and completely opposite of everybody else and the second album uh, was late registration he had a couple of hits off of there um but this album itself what we're talking about here is graduation this particular album was the cultivation of not only him tapping into different music genres but also tapping into different artistries and different paths when i think of kanye west i don't think of him as a lyricist even though he's got lyrical content because Behind the scenes, we know that he's got a, a ton of, of writers around him that help him out and help him develop his sound. Yes, he can rap. 
Yes, he is a rapper, but he's not a lyricist in that sense. But when you're talking about hip hop, there's one thing that reigns supreme, and that's the jam. If the song is a jam, everybody's going to listen to it and everybody's going to love it. And during this time frame, he was actually growing up in not only his production rights, but also in his lyricism and how he was coming across. He wanted to be more of a storyteller. He wanted to have more of a message behind his words. And also, he wanted to have a more stadium style music listening or music uh, track list to come out with. He wanted this album to be able to play in stadiums and be able to go worldwide. And that's exactly what this album did. I mean, it, it literally went quintuple platinum. Um, it's literally, to me, his best work that he's come out with. Even out of Ed Awaits and Heartache and, and Heartbreak and the whole nine. Like, all those other albums, they're cool, but this really developed his style and how he would come across as being a, a musical genius in my mind. So um, when we're talking about graduation, um, we're talking about you know, songs like Champion. We're talking about songs like um, Longer, Better, Faster, Stronger. We're talking about um, a whole bunch, a whole slew of songs that literally became singles that kept this album on the charts for damn near two years um, in the top of the charts, uh, so to speak. So it was to me, it's like one of the last great albums that came out in hip hop because Every song on here was not only a banger, but it was something that you could sonically listen to in any format. And everybody who did listen to it loved it. DJs loved it. You would hear it in rock concerts and the whole nine um, just because the style was so eclectic for how you came out with this particular album. If I was going to pick a and I'm not going to go into all the awards and everything because everybody knows or has an idea of Kanye West, whether it's good or bad. You have your understanding of what Kanye West is, but I want you to listen to this particular album because sheer off the music itself, this expresses what you will want to come out of a person. Um, you will want to have that type of eclectic style that changed the path of how rap was coming in the game and how it's supposed to be. Um, with him and this particular album here, um, I've got two songs that, that actually a whole album I can listen to, like, 15 times in a row is not going to make me sick. But there was one particular song on here that hit me at a time in my life that I needed it. Um, it was really during the time that I was actually uh, just now getting to the game where to the point where I was starting to um, sell CDs and, and do tours and things of that nature. And this one just completely changed my mind because I was a producer. On top of being a rapper, on top of being a DJ or whatever, I actually made the beats for my group. So... When this album came out, it completely changed my format of how I'm supposed to make my beats. Not just sampling anything and everybody, but actually going through and trying to make up your own chords, make up your own instrumentation, make up your own syncopation, literally come out of your own creativity. And the song that did it for me on this particular album is called Homecoming. That with him and, and Chris Martin, who is of Coldplay, uh, that actual song was the first song of it, the version of it was called Home, and that was out in like 2001. Um, but he then took the song, revamped it, uh, they were actually listening to a whole bunch of Bob Dylan, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, um, Rick Springfield, a whole bunch of different artists. And he wanted to come up with this particular track. And it was by chance that he met the producer um, in passing in Paris and actually came across this and, and made the track. 
brought in Chris Martin in order to sing on top of it. And it literally is, is a ode to Chicago, ode to homecoming. And, you know, just the, the way that the, the bells hit, the way that the piano hits, it's that old church tile piano, but it actually brings through and the, and the way that the beat was formatted. Um, that just changed my mind when it came to actual rap music, because it's like you don't have to stay in the box of two four. You don't have to stay in the box of, of doing samples. You can actually branch out and do so many different things. So what do y'all think about Kanye West's graduation? Give me, give me your ideas. I just want to jump around real quick so I can give you my choice track. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck you guys. No, just kidding. Um, I like Stronger. Just because it's in the Hanover 2. <laughs> I think it's in the credits for Hanover 2, but I think it fit really well for a credit song. But I... I don't really know if I like a lot of Kanye West's music. Mm-hmm. I think this album, though, like given the time that it was that it came out, given um, the less controversy, you know, in the in the news, and you know, this was this was a better time in Kanye's life. <laughs> I think he was doing better. He's still on top, you know. Um, he's got a lot of collaborations. I, lo- I love the Chris Martin collaboration. Uh, Coldplay is one of my favorite bands. If Chris Martin can work with him, maybe he's not the worst guy in the world. I think he's kind of like, on a, he's on another level that I'll never, probably never see. Although we're all humans. Like, I, I believe we're all humans and we should treat each other with respect. I don't know that I would get respect from someone like him. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know him. So I, I can't go by <laughs> what you see on TV, you know, or what you hear in the news. Right. But, um, you know, his you know obviously his wife with kardashian and <laughs> the child he's a child you know like he's a person too right um but uh yeah stronger is really good I, I really like the beat of that i think it's fucking awesome uh he can put out good stuff i do like some of kanye west music some of his music i just can't relate to or i just can't understand where the beat's coming from it's it's i think he's poetic so he brings that element to his music and that's where i get lost sometimes um he was he was piloted in snl anybody that's on snl is doing good i think uh he got a, he got a big I, got, I guess he got a big spotlight on that show when he played but i didn't like his music on that show <laughs> what it, like the stuff that he picked it was very poetic but it just didn't it didn't do it for me it didn't flow well enough um but uh I'm not saying that is you know there isn't meaning to his music, but yeah, so that's my pick, and uh, not much else to say. <laughs> yeah, um, I can chime in here unless Taj wants to go. Go ahead, you're you're fine. Okay, so I let me let me go ahead and start by saying that Kanye West has been on my radar ever since College Dropout. I mm-hmm. have actually been a fan of his music for uh, a long time. Um, And this is a great example of separating the art from the artist. Um, I don't really, I I don't care at all for the things that he's saying and doing. Like it's, you know, I, I I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about Kanye personality because you know, that's, that's a whole nother beast, you know, 
but um, I, I definitely was. I, I definitely was a fan of, fan of Kanye West, and uh, you know, I, I liked everything that he did uh, up until a certain point. Um, I think the last time I really listened to him was Jesus, was the last mm-hmm. album, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And then he just kind of, you know, dropped off my radar, um, you know, and and like I know that he's released some albums, you know, ever since Jesus, but. I just lost interest, you know, mm-hmm. and again, it's the part of it's the personality um, part of it's just, you know, I don't know. Like, I just I don't I don't I don't care for for what he's what he's doing. But but I'm again, I'm I'm, I'm going I'm rambling. Let me let me go ahead and uh, try to get back on track here. Um, I'm just going to talk strictly about the music. That's what I said I was going to do. And I did it again. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the album Graduation, I think it's a phenomenal album. I love this album. Um, you know, I've heard it before, heard it a few times. It was nice to revisit and listen to it again. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great album. Um, I, I think that there isn't a bad track on here. And I think what I like about this album too is that there's a, I mean, the, all the, all the songs are, are very different from one another. And they have very different sounds to each other. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is my favorite of his, but, you know, it's also been a long time since I've listened to Kanye. So, you know, maybe maybe this is in the, the race for being my favorite album by him. I, I don't know because it's been so long. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I, I think this is a great album. Um, it was it was it was fun to revisit and listen to it again. Um I like I said, I, I I think he is very talented, mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I I I dare say that you know he he's a genius to a point, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and sometimes being a genius you get in your own way, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I feel like Kanye has done that, so um, but the music itself that he's he's made uh, a lot of it is very good, and definitely those those first like. Those first ten years, I've I was a really fan, a big fan of Kanye West. So um, I don't know if I'll listen to anything that he creates now. I'm not not too interested, but we still have the music that he made in those first ten years. So um, yeah. Anyway, uh, again, great example of separating the art from the artist. Um, and uh, if I had to pick a song on here. The one that um, that sticks out for me is Everything I Am. I love that song. Uh, I, I really like the lyrics. And um, yeah, I, I think he's he's immensely talented. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, man, Kanye, very controversial. Mm-hmm. But that music, though, <laughs> that music's good. So, that works, Todd. So, um, it, it, I'll be like before this, like I'd be hard pressed to tell, like, to name a Kanye West song. Like, I'm sure I've heard some, but like, I'd be hard pressed to, to tell you to like point out a song. So it was, it was interesting listening to this album. Um, you know, and it. 
it is interesting because you know separating the artist from the music like i know some of the stuff that the individual has done but you know it's not like i i follow it deeply but um it you know i was i so i'm hard pressed to say whether it, i okay i if it's like 55 percent, i like the album 55 percent. like the the production part is like crazy the production i'm glad that you said they produced it because that part each track the production is is crazy like that is excellent producing right there um it would just sometimes when the lyrics on certain raps hit something you're like it, it and knowing who the artist was it was like man did nobody see these early red flags <laughs> you know because he would say some stuff and you're like uh what are you saying that but but and but the production like you, you can't argue argue that the songs weren't produced well so but yeah but and so I did. I, I liked more than half of the album. So don't get me wrong. Like, it, it, yeah, there was a couple of songs that I was like, yeah, but you know, because of because of the lyrics. But you know, for more than half of the album, I did like it. So, um, so I, I did enjoy it. Um, if I, it, I'm hard pressed. It, probably the one I'll go with, and because. I don't know why I'm hemming and hawing on it, but I'll probably do like, you can't tell me nothing. Cause that song is just, I, I don't know. Like that's, that's him just trying to be like, you know, I'm trying to get my stuff straight, but you can't. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's either that or, or big brother. Uh, my big brother was Big's brother. Used to be Dame and Big's brother, who was hip hop Because Big Brother, like, like that's just him, like pulling on heartstrings right there, like Big yeah. Brother. It, that, that, yeah. yeah. So. Nah, sorry. Uh, Big Brother was his ode to Jay Z. Um, oh, okay. Because at the time he looked at Jay Z as a big brother. Um, was was one of those situations where this is up when they were actually cool, and he he gave him uh you know his shout out, he gave him his flowers during the time because he took he had a choice between going to be with Dan Dash, who he was similar with, they had similar thought processes, or Jay Z, who was going a completely different path. And during this time frame, he actually went with Jay Z because he wanted to learn more of that path that he was going down, which hmm. essentially is what got him on top of the game um so to speak even though in, in retrospect it's funny because full circle dame dash was the one that signed him to rockefeller when jay-z didn't want to sign him so here you have going with the individual that didn't want you at first and going on to the, all these great different things and yet the individual that brought you in was the one that didn't really want to listen to you either but he saw something in you that somebody else didn't see so it's just a playoff of the situation and how it goes. And despite any of the controversy that he does, and like I said, I don't, I don't forgive anybody um, for what they do unless they forgive themselves first or ask for forgiveness. But what I do is I separate the music from the man as much as possible. Um, so I can actually listen to the music. And I, I thought of this album because it was, it was pre, um, Kardashian, pre all the craziness that was going on in, in his life. It was all about him and being the artist. And when he was the artist, he was the best at his craft. So you can hear it in the music samples, even like a good, good life. 
that that's a Michael Jackson sample that he took and flipped it up and made it into a number one hit based off of that. That came from Pretty Young Thing. Like his his attention to detail in the music and the production side of it actually made it that much more um, easy to swallow and listen to because you can't deny the music that's there. And yeah, he can be considered a, a bit of a genius. And most geniuses that we know of are crazy. They're neurotic. They have their own issues. They're, they're a step away from insane. Um, because they're so wrapped up in their own being that they forget that the rest of the world is looking at their being. Some of them don't care. Some of them do care. But in his situation, he's looking at it from his eyes. He knows that he's got a lot of people looking at him. He knows that the decisions that he makes, he'll try to come out in the better for. But it's just the optics don't look right when he makes certain moves at certain times. And, you know, he's one of those that will tell you, break out of your shell. Don't be who they want you to be. Be yourself and be who you want to be. Mm. And that's right. a good and a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. To an extent of who you are. Does it seem um, like if you're the more popular, popular you are, if you're huge like Kanye West... And like I, I was saying, like that that was his heyday. That was a time for him to put out a great album like Graduation. And he's in he's in uh, soundtracks. He, you know, he's all over the place. Commercials everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's with the Kardashians. You know, these are the biggest people in the world. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they've they play the social game and they play the music game. Everything. You know, they're like you said, genius. I don't know. I guess I don't like to call anybody a genius because. <laughs> I think humans in general are just the stupidest animals on the planet. So whether you're like the best of the stupidest, yeah, okay. Well, good for you. But uh, right. this isn't a, this isn't a hit at Kanye West because I think I think that, that was a hit at me for calling him quote unquote <laughs> potentially a genius. Yeah, I said it too. I said it too. I, I totally agree with it. <laughs> yeah. But I I fall I fall prey to that too because I, I I'm definitely like. Looking at someone like Kanye West and thinking, "Wow, this guy—he's got everything," you know. And his his—he's putting out all these albums, and uh, you know whether he's got something going on, like you know his personal life or you know like controversy in the news. You know, it depends <laughs> on what that is. Some of the people we've talked about have been really bad, and some of them have been—you know—they just, it, yeah. Maybe they did one or two things, and it's like if I didn't know about that, it wouldn't matter, I guess. But Bye. yeah, no, I. I I, I I just I know that uh, a lot of a lot of uh, celebrities will catch flack for the the dumbest thing <laughs> that you right. know if we did it it wouldn't matter or we might be forgiven but it's almost like they're held to a higher standard so yeah but what he's saying you know what I mean? is awful what he's saying these days is pretty, well he's all I mean I'm politically we don't horrendous. align I don't align with him politically. <laughs> Right. And like, so like if I if I yeah. if I say some of the things that he was he's saying these days, you know, I it's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. And I the first thing that, that tipped me off to like there's something about maybe it's an arrogance he has because of like his intelligence or what he's you know what he's doing. Like there's some geniuses out there, genius in certain ways. Are you a genius like socially, like I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> it's almost like this awkwardness that that just kind of like stands out if you don't fit in in a certain way. <laughs> and he's really good at like creating like lyrics that people love, and you know that that part of his game. 
he's got it, man. You know, but like the social game where it was like his personal life, letting that leak out, spill out over your, your professional career. You know, that's, that's, I guess that's his downfall, but, uh, yeah, politically, definitely don't align with them. Um, so kind of weird. <laughs> just, it, just to kind of go back to the album, I, I, I kind of had two questions on it, if you if you know possibly. So I wonder, what is that sampling? Because that's just like a crazy sample. Like, is that like a musical or something? Because like, for which one? I wonder. Oh, I wonder. Yes, that that was. Um, I forgot where he got I Wonder from. And and okay. I actually, I, I okay. knew it. I had to know him for the longest time. I got to look it back up. But yes, that oh, was a no particular problem. sample. Um, he did he did rip that off of, I want to say it was a musical, but uh, or a, a very, uh, I think it was a 1920s track. But don't don't quote me on that okay. situation. That part, I don't know. But um, for the most part, as far as, um, what he brought to the table with that, like that was a whole different style of delivery coming on that particular sample. And it's like the beat production and everything behind it was like superb. Right. So that was definitely a good one. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't no, I'm good. The other one that, that I liked, but I was curious, like if it came back and, and it's not necessarily his fault, but like, the 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 Barry Bonds like I liked Barry Bonds but then like to find you know like I can't remember because I know McGuire we all had... like Barry Bonds right <laughs> well, because... wait you like you like Barry Bonds the athlete well, cause... <laughs> that's what you say right Barry, Barry Bonds cheated but, yeah. but that's what I'm wondering like did that come back to bite him in the butt like Kanye no. for, for, for Kanye Green no. No, no Kanye is no. fine. Yeah, Kanye was perfectly fine. Like the the one song that got that I, that's not like them. Yeah, stronger got the the most production because it was an actual single. Yeah, the one song that did come out as a single that literally trans uh, like like transcended a lot of different things and wound up in commercials. It was in the movie Sing, like it was in an animated feature. Like it was that song Flash of Lights. Like oh. that right there was like that's like the pinnacle of his his production of the fact that he made that particular track and, and um, listen to Radiohead and listen to King and listen to uh, the killers and listen to all these different alternative bands trying to figure out where his style was going to come from and, and kind of like, yeah. you know, mesh all that stuff together. And he did that in these particular tracks that he came out with. And that's to me what, what the genius part of it is. It's the work that goes in behind the scenes. And the production right. that he put in for him being a top-notch producer himself. He knew the sound that he wanted to come out. He knew how he wanted everything to come with. And he put it out there and it cultivated in a hell of an album. You listen to it all sonically. It's like, this is stuff that other rap artists were not doing. And they haven't done in a long time. And even now, uh, with, with the sound the way it is now, it's everybody is copying each other. And nobody is standing out and on their own and doing their own thing. And so Kanye was the, like, at one point was the king of standing out doing his own thing. Um, you know, whatever move he makes nowadays, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll get better for it. He'll, he'll see the error in some of the ways, not all, but in some of the ways. And he's able to curve that into something that'll make him come back on top. But, um, as far as this album goes, to me, this is, this is the pinnacle of hard work and, and putting into your craft and doing what you're supposed to do. 
and how the sound is supposed to come out and changed my life, uh, especially when it came to making beats because I was just doing the, the crazy little sample and then trying to put in little sounds around it. This totally got me back into creating my own instrumentation and, you know, drove me to want to make be a better me production wise. And the albums that we put out it was based off of coming out of my own shell and doing what I need to do. So a lot of that work was in-house, me just doing my own thing rather than going out and trying to get a sample on something and then trying to clear the sample and, and having to go back and forth with the artist on the points off of the sample and all that stuff. Like, let me just build it from scratch and see what comes out of it. And I'm proud of what I did with that based off of that thought process. Yeah. So I guess yeah. we're kind of at the end of it. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. what you said was very well said. I don't think we need to say much more about Kanye. No, uh, he's I, I, he's a very polarizing figure these days. Hypnotizing. Uh, he's hypnotizing. Uh, he's polarizing. <laughs> he's polarizing. He's a very polarizing figure. Yeah. Um, so I think Damien, you got some homework for us, bro? Yeah. So uh, segueing out of Kanye West and his uh, fame and uh, legacy, uh, definitely wanted to change it up a little bit, go with something. Not, this isn't somebody I saw live. I, I do like to talk about uh, bands and artists that I've seen uh, perform live, but um, I would like, I'd love to see a set from this artist. Uh, I bought the CD in 2012. 2012 was like a really good time for music, I, I guess, for me, because I found a lot of new artists. I think a lot of new artists were up and coming, um, much like Kanye West's uh, his album Graduation in 2007. That was like kind of, you know, five years prior, but that's that. That era, you know, just put out a lot of good music. So I'm going with a, more of a DJ set. Uh, this this album has a variation of uh, a few different artists, which I love doing that. Love hearing that, too. Um, but um, this is uh, Paul Oakenfold. Paul Oakenfold is a DJ uh, that I was turned on to in 2010, 11, something like that. And then the album uh, Bunka uh, came out. I think I'm saying that right. And there's a few different hits on there. Um, I, I bought the CD back when Sam Goody was a thing. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoy listening to this. And uh, yeah, that's my pick. So, Paul Bunka, 2012. All right. So we'll be dis- discussing that album on next the next episode. Um, all right, Taj, why don't you go ahead and do your for thing? Sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just uh kind of circle back uh just want to shout out you know in case you want to hear any of dietrich's great you know producing he did our opening and closing track yeah you know? like i'm just saying you know just Which we, love. we love it yeah <laughs> i mean we, we've been running with it so we ain't changing it so yeah but uh, this has been choice tracks you can find this uh on our website of choicetracks.com we end with a z or you can email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. <laughs> I'm Damon. And I've done enough talking. I'm Dietrich. Um, we're going to go ahead and sign out. And uh, we're going to pick up the needle. And But y'all keep spinning those choice tracks. Regulators, round up. <laughs> Feel a little stronger now. So. <laughs> 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 <laughs>